What's going on, everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I want to welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is going to be no different. Stick around, and we're going to get started right now. Well, it's good to be back with you guys. I am Glenn P. Brooks Jr. This is We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. And uh, words can't express how overjoyed I am, I think is probably the word I want to use for my next guest. Um, We have talked about and we've curated a bunch of conversations here on We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast, about the stories behind uh, people's brands. I am convinced that when you see an amazing brand, um, whether that's a personal brand or corporate brand, there's often a story that motivates it and that drives it. I think it's very difficult for you to pull off a thing without being that. Let me hit, let me help y'all understand what I mean when I say that really quickly. Before we introduce my next guest, I need you to understand that she is who you see. And she did the work of becoming that before she showed you that. And I need y'all to understand that that, for me, is the difference between impact and just you're there. There are companies out here who are making a ton of money, but they're making no impact. In other words, if they go out of business, the world won't miss them. The world may miss their product, but here's what we know about the world. Someone will fill the void of that product. There are certain brands that if they go away, an entire culture goes away. And that's the story of this young lady. And here's what's funny to me. And I know that we talk about people who most people don't know. And you know what I know about God? He has always majored in the minors. He's always majored in highlighting the, the 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 less than, the least of these. He's always majored in seeing the one in the back row and plucking you. I, I'm not going to preach, but if you think about Zacchaeus in the tree and Jesus looks up at him and he says, I see you come down here. If you think about, I, I could go, the prodigal son, he's a far off, the father runs to him. He, he's not concerned about all of his wealth and all of the things. He's not concerned about what the man has done to get him in a situation where he's been having to come back home. Like God specializes, I believe, in seeing you. And then going after you, and after he's found you, he returns you to your rightful place. I believe that's his MO. And that's one of the reasons why I love the story behind the brands, because I get a chance to pluck up and out people you don't know who need to be seen. You need to know them because they're doing an amazing work. And a blog post on HuffPost.com contributing writer Flynn Coleman asks this question. Why are stories so powerful? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that they are more memorable than facts. Our brains are actually wired to respond to stories. Metaphors and anecdotes actually help us to relate ideas to our own experiences, providing richness and texture. Stories bring you and your listeners into a multidimensional world full of colors, sights, smells, and emotions that make us feel as though we're actually living the story. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure, my honor to introduce to you a lifelong friend of mine. Her name's Lisa Curitan, and we're going to talk about the story behind her brand. Welcome to the stage today, Lee. 
Hey there. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thanks, GB. Listen, listen. So it's funny to hear you call me coach because I think about your playing days in college, playing volleyball, doing all the things. Like, you are the the consummate coach, Lee. And what's funny is even though people don't necessarily call you coach, that is definitely an office that you walk in. Uh, You and I met years ago in ministry um, building something that didn't exist, and it was on the premise that it should be. Um, there was a work that needed to be done and there was a group of people that came together to figure it out. And we were, and I often characterize us as, you know, the bumblebee doesn't know that she can't fly. She, she doesn't know that her body is too heavy for her wingspan and she doesn't know that she's not, but however, a chicken knows, chicken knows that they can't fly. They're not even attempted. So what's the difference between the bumblebee and the chicken? The difference is, is the bumblebee just doesn't believe they can't fly. They, they don't believe that. They, they, they don't believe that. Science says that you probably shouldn't. Your weight distribution situation is a little off and you should not be able to take flight. But you and I have taken flight and we've done yeah, things man. in organizations that really have set things apart. Do me a favor. Can you take us down memory lane and talk about Lisa Curitan growing up? What has informed how you show up today? Hmm. You know, the first thought that comes to mind when you say that, you talk about my athletic prowess is Coach Gill. You know, I had a coach in my life. And so I've always been able to hear the voice of a coach. And as a young person, very, very young, I was ADHD. So my mom was like, please get some of this energy out this child, please. And so she put me in every sport possible, right? So I did them all, track, basketball, volleyball, anything that they would let me do, I did. And so one of the things that Um, I remember vividly about being at the Towson Relays up in uh, Towson University. And I remember being on a back stretch running the four, then it was called the 440. That's how old I It wasn't the 400. It was the 440. And so I was running the 440. (laughs) And I could hear Coach Gill in the stands yelling, run the back stretch, Lisa run the back stretch and my body just it responded to what i was being asked to do right it just responded so i know the voice of a coach and so all my life there have been coaches that have shaped me guided me and developed me and i listened i've always been able to glean from those around me like i'm 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 definitely like a titus two girl man I'm like, listen, let the older women guide the younger and you sit and listen, right? And so I've always been able to sort of glean from folks. Take what I'm supposed to take, what we used to say, uh, eat the meat, spit out the bones, right? And get on and move on, right? And so I think that that has been critical to who I am. You know, it's funny when you say that, I think that, um, and, and we have just, um, we're wrapping up a series with our MAPS Relationship Academy, and we're talking about the art of listening, the skill that comes with listening. Just because you hear doesn't mean you listen. Something resonated with you when your coach called your name. Lisa, you're an educator. 
Um, and that's what I know to be true. And I know that when you get up and you teach, um, there is a level of connection that you have with people that's um, organic. Um, it's awe-inspiring, quite frankly, because I watch you move people in ways that they don't want to move. So when you talk about a coach having the power to speak into the life of, can you talk to us a little bit about how that quality in of itself has shaped you all throughout the course of your life. So you you took us back to the days you were running track. You know, I know you played volleyball and I know you did all the things um, and until your body said, we won't do this. <laughs> we won't do this no more. Um, and, um, and, and, but can you talk to us about some of the qualities of a coach being yeah. able to hear their voice, respond accordingly? How is that directly informed? And maybe give us a couple of examples. Because of that, I was able to do this. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about um, when you all were talking about MAPS and the parenting workshop that happened last night is that sometimes when we think about gearing and supporting children, particularly in today's world, um, sometimes children um, get the opportunity to have a whole lot more say-so than perhaps they're ready for, right? And so sometimes we allow kids to guide and direct and to make decisions that their adolescent brains are not prepared to make. <clears throat> and in that stead, what can sometimes happen is that they'll make choices that are not healthy for them because they don't necessarily know what's right for them just yet because they're still growing. And so I think that one of the roles of the coach is to be able to help you to scaffold a plan that's going to help you to get to where you want to go. But perhaps you don't not, you don't know yet that you need to do this. So you don't know yet that you need to lift. You don't know yet that you just want to run the 200, Lisa, but you don't know that you need to literally run the 100, 10 times of practice to practice the sprint to get out. You got to get out. You got to learn how to get out. You don't know that yet. You just want to run the 200. So part of the coaching process is for me to be able to look, look ahead and see they might not know what they need, but I know what they need. And how can I support them in getting to where they need to get to and supporting them and in, in the belief that they can do it. Like, so part of that work is like, yeah, man, you hear you're a part of this thing, but you can do this and your part in it is vital. You know, people need to know that um, my show up is important and it's valued here. And sometimes we just, you know, we, we gather people and we just let people just do, just go do, hey, thanks for coming. Mm -mm, people need to know that this show up with value and I saw you. I like to say in the classroom, when I was in the, in the classroom, I say oftentimes that my kids need to know that I see them, hear them, and that they are valued. And adults need the same thing. We need to see them. We need to, they need to know hear that them. we see them, hear them, and that they are valued. And value them. Mm -hmm. Lee, w w it's funny because, you know, when I look at the work that you're doing today, particularly in the life of adults and um, homelessness and all those, I mean, y you work in the education space, you know, on a full-time basis and you work with companies and you've done that all your life. You've owned your own companies and, you know, things like that. What is it that draws you to the nonprofit side of you um, and reaching out to that person that doesn't feel seen, 
that doesn't feel heard, that doesn't feel valued, that doesn't feel touched, that doesn't feel loved on. Um, and, and I want you to bring us up to speed with the work you're doing today. But I want to, and, and we'll probably bounce back and forth just a little bit, because I honestly believe that what drives you in public is a work that you've done in private, and it came from somewhere. Can you give us a little bit of insight? Because it's hard to pull off, and I've often challenged leaders, if you really want to measure your leadership, lead people who you don't pay. If you really, really, really want to test where your leadership level actually is, I want you to put yourself in a position where you get to lead people who don't have to follow you. There's no paycheck attached to this, because I think that you'll see clearly a demarcation between someone who is following you because they have to versus a person who's following you because they want to. And that's what you have. You have a group of people that are following you, helping you get a work done. I want you to talk about the components that kind of drive that for me. Yeah, it's it's true. It's true. If you want to measure your leadership, step outside of the corporate office and and lead something where somebody got gets to choose if they want to show up for you. And that will that that will that will it it'll it'll, it'll straighten you out. It'll straighten you out real fast because you will see if you really have the capability to lead people. Um, when they don't have to be there. I think that um, the thing that I think um, that I said that drives who I am in this space called Unify 7 or U7, which is our homeless ministry, um, is this idea of being seen, being heard, being valued. And when I think about why this, right, why is my passion so intrinsic about this it is that there were times in my journey where I did not feel seen I did not feel valued and I did not feel heard and so one of the things I just pulled up my 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 mission and vision statement for you seven and I literally say that we choose to service the homeless because they are sometimes overlooked and stepped over like when you think about, have you ever seen a homeless person and somebody literally just steps over them like they're not a person? That for me, um, it does something to my soul because I think in some places and spaces and you know, oftentimes when we develop these organizations, we develop businesses, it is linked so closely to our passion and to our heart, right? And you know, I started U7 as a culmination of seven pastors that were birthed out of the same church. And I said, let's play together. Like we all brothers and sisters, we should play nicely in the sandbox together. Let's do something together. And that's where it started, but it morphed into um, a part of my lifestyle. It morphed into not just starting a ministry, but it morphed into who I am. And that comes from the fact that at some point in time, I was not seen, I was not heard or valued. And I don't want anybody to experience that. Stepped on, stepped over, mm-hmm. step away, and stepped overlooked, over. yeah. overlooked and stepped over. That's powerful. Here's what's funny. Uh, most people can't get two pastors to play nice together, two churches to come together and to do anything that does not directly benefit them 
<laughs> but you were able to rally seven different local churches to come to together for a common cause. Walk us through what the work itself looks like. Walk us through uh, what it looks like when you guys show up and do what it is that you do. I know you're taking the month of August off because your team needs a break. Um, yeah. I'm following you. Um, I you see. Know, <laughs> even, even, even when we don't talk, I am there. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I love it because I think that you know, there's something to be said when you have sort of the thing that it takes to be able to speak to to, to people who, quite frankly, ain't in a position to where they have to listen to you, but they find themselves listening and responding. Talk to us about the work itself and how has this morphing, if you will, shown up in, in the streets of the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area? Yeah. So we literally, as you said, we started with seven pastors. We asked who would like to be a part of this. Um I got four pastors who said, I want to be a part of the homeless work. Okay, so um, we began to bring, I asked each church to send um, outreach leaders to us, to to me, (laughs) so we could begin to plan for the work. And we spent almost a year just meeting weekly planning, just planning. And then we launched, um, like one Thanksgiving, we just decided to launch. Let's do it. We've been talking long enough. Let's go, right? So we launched and we've morphed and shifted and found more resources and found more partners. And and with that, those same core volunteers stayed with me. Same core, four people stayed right with me. And we have picked up a groundswell of about 40 more volunteers that just ride with us. They just ride. And so our latest iteration is that we serve every second and fourth Saturday. We um, we wanted to focus on Prince George's County specifically only because that there's not a lot of resources in PG. There's a lot of resources in Washington, D.C., not a lot of resources for the homeless in Prince George's. So we take um, some critical areas that we think that we've based on PG County government that really needs some support. And that is Eastover, the Eastover area. It is Suitland area, Camp Springs area. It's also Temple Hills. And there's another area that we serve is off of Eastern Avenue near Fairmont Heights. And, um, We just send out a team of people and they go to those communities. Uh, I have a kitchen crew. We cook a hot meal every Saturday morning. One of my favorite things about this. Um, If we would not eat it, we do not serve it. And so the goal is for everybody to take lunch home that day because you would eat it, right? And so we serve what we would serve our families. Um, Cook a hot meal that morning. A team comes and picks up the food, takes it out to that community. And we give them food, we give them uh, toiletries, underwear, thermos, socks, hats, gloves, coats, whatever we need, right? Whatever we have, we give it away. And I think what's so amazing about that is the people that come alongside of us and partner with us as we keep going. You know, people, I, I, I cannot tell you the number of people who just drop, drop funds and just say, I can't come, but I believe. Um, or can I meet you at the kitchen? And the thing I love about the the variety of the services is that 
people can serve in a way that fits them. Like, so if you're not the kind of person who wants to be on the street touching the homeless, I don't, that's cool. That's cool because that's a that's a work. It's a work. But if you want to come in the kitchen and cook, or you know, put food in the plates, or fold up the clothes and all that, there's something for everybody to do. And so we have uh, we've we've just been rolling along for three years, and God has been gracious and kind. And uh, the people that serve with me, I can't believe that they're still here after four years. Listen, I can't his was. No, I can't either. And I understand when I say I can't, when you start out with a vision and, an, mm-hmm. and a thought and an idea, that's all mm-hmm. it is. It doesn't have legs. It doesn't have a body. It doesn't it doesn't do a thing yet. And for you to see that thing come to fruition and actually show up and then you look up and you look back and it's like, wait a minute, we've been doing this for how long? Man? <laughs> you know, when our friend Paul recently passed. Yeah. And I know he worked dearly with your team. He did. And uh, we all met in children's church, <laughs> working in children's church, right? His was funny to me. You have somehow showed up and captured the heart of humanity. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I want to do is I want to turn this room into what does it look like for us to support your heart for humanity? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Um, how can we as a community, there's 54 people in here right now, um, there'll be a, a bunch of people that will listen to this podcast once it's repurposed. We are broadcasting live to KBC and TV. We're broadcasting live on LinkedIn. There are untold amounts of people uh, who are in different places. Some that are in the DMV area know very well about Prince George's County, Maryland. I lived in that county. I understand the hurts, the pains, the sorrow. I know exactly the places that you're talking about. Um, what can we do to come alongside of you guys and figure out a way, whether local, live, on site, or, you know, quite frankly, virtually. And uh, where, where's the need? Because I think that this work needs to continue. And I think that you it's know, a needed I, work, and, and I want to help. I would say the first thing to everybody is um, just personally, um, if you're in a community where it's hot, just do this for me. Freeze some bottled water at night, and when you get in your car in the morning, just take it out. And as you drive by a homeless person, particularly you're in a community where it's 100 degrees, just give them a bottle of water. That's a very simple thing. Take a piece of fruit from your fruit basket, give them a bottle of water and a piece of fruit. That's, we can all do that. Everybody can do that. If you live near a place or you drive by a place on your way to work where you constantly pass homeless folks, get a couple of gift cards and um, put them in your bag. And as you see people that have a need, just give them a gift card. So it doesn't help if I give you a McDonald's gift card, but you're near Dunkin' Donuts. So if you buy drug, get the get the card that's in their community so that they can use it. And you can put little things in a bag. You know, you can put socks, underwear, sanitary napkins, underwear in a bag, just hand them out. So that's the first thing that all of us can do because we can all be ambassadors for these for humanity. And we can all make sure that these folks are treated with dignity and are cared for. You don't have to be trying to find them housing. You can be the interim watering, right? That just gets them a little refreshment as you go along your day. So that's the first thing. All of us can do something. And then I would say the second thing is that if you are in the DMV, we would love to have you serve. Our website is unified.com 
7.com. Unified, U-N-I-F-I-E-D, 7.com. You can go to our website. You can learn more about us. There's a page on there where you can sign up to serve. It'll tell you what dates are available for you to serve, even the kinds of opportunities that you might want to, you know, partake in. And then finally, if you are outside of this area, but you just want to partner with us, you want to come alongside with us, we would love to have you make donations to us. We would, there's on the site, there's a donate button. You can donate. You can donate one time. You can set up to do quarterly donations, monthly donations. Uh, Trust and believe that every dime that we get um, goes right back into the street. It goes right back to our homeless friends. Um, you'll see if you go to the website that I'm the executive director, but that's in name only so that we can get some grants, right? And so uh, I don't get a paycheck. I have a full-time job and that's what pays me. Nobody gets a paycheck. We all just use whatever funds come in to feed the homeless, to care for them. One of my favorite things that we do every year is we watch the weather and we do what's called the coldest night run. And sometimes it's 10 below and we will pack a van with coats and thermos and socks and blankets. And we have a team of senior division leaders, the senior division, and they cook homemade soup. And we take out canisters of soup and canisters of hot chocolate. And we just care for them. One of my favorite moments this year was we were up at uh, Union Station here in Washington, D.C., and down behind Union Station, down that street that comes down back behind Union Station, tents line that street. They line that street. I watched one of my teammates, and I'm going to try my best not to cry. I watched one of my teammates. She's my street team leader. I watched her walk over to a man who was sitting beside his tent, but outside of it, and he was discombobulated. And she kneeled down beside him and she talked to him and she, what can I do, sir? Can I help you get you in your tent? Can I get you some, a blanket? Can I get you some food? What can I do? She came back to the, to the, to the van and I was watching from the van and she came in and she didn't just say, give me, give me some underwear. She said, I need a size medium long john. I need food. I need blankets. I need, I need, I need. And she just took everything back over to him. And I watched her unfold that brand new blanket that we had just gotten donated from Marshalls. Y'all know them fancy ones that you put on your couch. Beautiful throws from Marshalls, right? And she undid that thing and she draped it over him like she was taking care of her own baby. And all I could do is sit there and weep at the care and the compassion And she came back and I said, have you ever read about Dorcas in Acts 9? You, dear heart, are she. You are Dorcas. And I'm not going to tell the story of Dorcas because I ain't ain't here to preach. But if you haven't read Acts 9, go read about Dorcas. So I have a team full of Dorcases. And they blow my mind. They blow my mind every week with how they serve. So I'd love to have you join with us, partner with us in any way you can. Listen, so for all of you guys that are moving about and you're doing all the things, know that her link is posted 
to the top of the room. So you can just simply click on it. We made it really, really easy uh, for you guys to be able to partner. Lisa, listen, I, um, I'm i just so grateful. I'm grateful for your heart. I'm grateful that it's genuinely who you are. I'm grateful that God has created in you a way to show up that's authentic to you and who he's made you to be. I'm grateful that when you show up, you attract like, like attracts like. Uh, sheep beget sheep, if you will. And uh, you, my friend, are Dorcas, has been since I've known you. And uh, it's a no wonder that you are attracting uh, people like you. Let me say this. For those of you guys in the room, if you are in this room, you can do something, right? You can do something. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and dictate and, and preach and force and we ain't doing the $5 lines. We ain't doing none of that, right? I want you to just sit with what you've heard. And if you're motivated on any level, click the link at the top of the room and go and do something. Uh, Lee, I can tell you there's a whole group of people that live because you care, and uh, I'm just grateful to be able to call you my friend. And uh, I saw you in, in full transparency. Um, you know, we don't talk all the time. Um, you're, you know, you hear about people talk about, don't you just love it when you have friends that, you know, y'all don't have to talk every day in order to pick up where you left exactly. off. Like you're one of those friends for me, but mm -hmm. I saw you on social and what y'all have to understand that this is not Lisa's temperament or personality. She not about to be on social media just to be hanging out on no social media. You got to understand Listen, when we worked together years ago, I was the director of marketing. And I remember, Lisa, you'll remember, we were working together in ministry when Facebook came along. And we thought that was the craziest thing in the world, that people would just post their business on Facebook and look at us now. So what I'm saying is, is for me to see you posting and interacting and engaging, making a plea, showing the work that you guys do, I'm sitting here saying to myself, this is my sister and how can I help? So that's how you got here. And I just sent my team, I said, go get her. I don't, you know, find, get her on here, get her scheduled. You and I never talk. You would be so proud of me, right? Cause I am proud of you, because I'm watching you too. Look, mm -hmm. Lee, mm -hmm. you you would be you be proud of the fact that like when we came along, y'all have to understand that Lisa is the quintessential administrator. She would be like, "GB, you can't do all that by yourself. What are you What are you doing here? You need this and you need that." And and she would like be my support and help me build teams. And so I'm telling you right now, I want to return. Uh, just a small portion of some of the love that you've shown me over the years. And if we can be impactful on any level, you have a home here. And anytime you have updates that you need, whether it's on the podcast, whether it's in some of the platforms we broadcast live, you have carte blanche to come through, pull up, let us know. It's an update. You seven update. Did, 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 did. We could get us a ticker tape or sounder or something and, uh, and bring you through to be able to say, no, we got an update, folks, because I want this room to be a part of that conversation. Conversation. For those of you guys who are listening on uh, the podcast, I just want to thank you for riding with us. Do me a favor, download this where you see uh, this podcast, share it out, uh, lo love on a friend by sharing this word, and uh, and I hope to see you guys back um, at the next episode of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Lisa Curitan, I love you, and I appreciate you for pulling up today. GB, GB. You know Glenn Bow, you my boy. 
Y'all be good. At the end of the day, here's what you know to be true. You can't get to any place of significance by yourself. It's because we all need some help. And we'll see you guys back for another episode of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast next week. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, Be sure to download this, and if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll talk soon.